Um, we are in a series uh, right now, and it's um, it's called God, uh, and and what we've been talking about was the different uh, coming to know God, the different things of God. Uh, we talked about Him being with us. We talked about Him being for us, um, and so. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Him being near us. And so what I want to do is, I just want to recap a little bit what we talked about last week, uh, because it really, I think it really hinges, a lot of things that we're going to talk about this week hinges upon that. If you were here last week, we talked about David. We talked about God being uh, with us. And we talked about God, um, uh, if you remember that, or God for us, and, and you remember that story with David and Goliath and how uh, I was able to share in, at the Adrian campus last week and Ka- Pastor Kyle was here sharing with you. But um, as I shared with the, with the uh, Adrian campus, I think, and I've shared this with you guys many, many times, I think a lot of times we take the stories in the Bible and we kind of glamorize and we kind of say, man, that was such, that's such a powerful, that's such an awesome story, you know. We, 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 we read about things, you know, and we read about, like, man, that was just... That was just so cool. You know, that was just so cool. And it, but I think what happens is sometimes we lose the, the, the sense that what happened so many thousands of years ago still happens today. Or can happen today. Okay? And, and we read about stories like David and Goliath and we say, you know, and again, I'm, I, I hope we, what came through last week was this different perspective. It's not so much that, you know, okay, God's going to help us slay the giants of our lives. You know, and that, that's true. And I don't want to sound like I'm being sarcastic uh, by any means. But there's so much more power behind that story than just David killing Goliath, per se. You know, David killing uh, this giant. But, you know, if you were here and you heard, it was like David, um, even to the, pre, to the prior week of that, we talked about Elisha uh, praying for his servant that his eyes would be open. Remember that story uh, where Elisha and his servant was, was in a house and, and um, uh, the, king, the king of this other nation was pressing down upon them and they wanted to kill them. And the servant goes out and all he saw was this king's army. That's all he saw, man. He was scared to death. And he goes in and talks to Elisha. He says, we're doomed, man. We're dead. And Elisha just kind of said, no, we're not, man. You know, and he prayed for God to open the servant's eyes. And so when the servant went back to look, he saw things from a spiritual perspective. And he not only saw the king's armies there to take them, but he saw around the king's armies, around the hills, was God's army. And God's army was going to prevail. God's army was going to protect them. God was with them. And last week, and we talked about um, Elisha, you know, praying for the servant's eyes to be open. Last week, we, we saw that with King David as well, or David at the time as well. We saw this kid that, that his eyes were open. He didn't see from a humanly perspective. He didn't see this, this you know, as the Bible in some translations says, nine foot tall, uh, giant. You know, he didn't really see a man, a human, did he? He saw someone, he, as, as the one translation says, he saw this uncircumcised Philistine man that was defying his God. And that's what David saw. And David looked at him and he said, who is this guy? Who is this guy that, dare come, that dares to come in and defy the living God of our nation? The living God of you know, our God. Who is this person? And so David had these eyes he had these spiritual eyes that was able to see things vastly different. And so I hope that that's what we take away, that we say, you know what? These stories just don't end a thousand or so years ago. These are the same stories. This is the same God that opens our eyes. 
This is the same God that's going to give me spiritual eyes to see things. This is the same God that's going to, as I look at things within my life, uh, this, is the, this is the same God that is with me, that is for me, that is right there next to me. And so as we look at today's passage of Scripture, uh, in fact, for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about Psalm, we're going to look at Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. And, and it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Um, as a pastor, this is one of the passages I use, one of the uh, cha- uh, um, uh, things that I use in a funeral service. Uh, and for some of you, maybe that's the only time you really kind of hear it, uh, to open up a funeral service. But I want us to kind of take a look at this again. And we're just going to look at the first two verses today. And we're going to talk about the shepherd. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about God being near us. God is with us, God is for us, and God is near us. And in the Psalm, uh, in the 23rd Psalm, and again, we're just going to look at the first two verses. And as you look at these, uh, as you look at this, these two verses, verses 1 and 2, listen to, listen to what it says, or uh, observe what it says there on the screen. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is coming out of the NLT uh, uh, translation. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Let me read that one more time because it's, it's very powerful. These words are very powerful what David's saying. David is saying, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. The God, the Yahweh, the God of Israel, the God of all armies, the God that created this world, the God that, that the, the, the living God, He is the one. The Lord is my shepherd. And I have all that I need. Because God is my shepherd, because Yahweh is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. And He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me to places where I can rest. He leads me to places where I can just calm down. Where I can just let go. Where I can just let my mind go. I don't have to think about all the stresses of life. I don't have to think about my enemies pressing up against me. I don't have to think about how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't have to think about all these things as demanding my time. God leads me. My shepherd leads me to these green meadows where I find true rest. I would imagine there are people in here this morning that some of us, we don't know what true rest really is. We just don't. We live in a world that is fast-paced. We live in this world where everything, you feel like you got this gigantic hand planted in the middle of your back that's just shoving you through life. I mean, how many of you are ready to celebrate another birthday this year? That's the one thing that seems to come quick, right? Except for April 15th, our tax day, right? Which makes Dave Walters very happy, right? <laughs> 60, oh yeah, 16th makes Dave happy. So, um, But some of us are sitting in here this morning, and truth be known, if we would just truth be known, we don't know what rest is. We think we do. We know that we probably need it. I mean, some of us say, man, I definitely need rest. But ultimately, we may not even, if we would say, well, what does that look like for you? What does that rest look like for you? Some of us would need, we would define it and, and, and kind of throw out some adjectives and things like that. But, but for some of us, we may never hit, hit it on the head that says, the rest that I need is the rest that I can only find from God being my shepherd. The one that leads me to a place where I can truly 
rest. And find rest. Jesus said, I have come to give life and give life to the fullest. That's rest. That's when you don't have to search. That's when you don't have to scramble. That's when it's like, I think rest is like when you click out, when you finally get this revelation, this epiphany that says, I don't have to be in control. I don't have to be in control. For some of us, the reason why we need rest is because we are trying to control things that we can never control. We try to take charge of things that's not ours to own. They're not ours to take charge of. And some of us are very worn out, but we've never come to that place where we realize, God is my shepherd. God's the one that leads me. God's the one that's in control. I don't have to be in control. I don't have to figure everything out. Let God do it. It's His job anyhow. It's his, that's who He is. Some of you have found that, but some of us are searching for that. And then it says, He leads me beside peaceful streams. I think this whole, these very first two verses and the, and the rest of this psalm as we, as we will read it, is, it has such serenity to it. If you just kind of pull back and just kind of take a look at it. He leads me. He gives me everything that I need. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Some of us are, we're, we're, we're at those streams that are like white waters. You know, that you can go white water rafting down. Or kayaking down. And they're very turbulent. But it says, He leads me beside peaceful streams. That just seems so relaxing to me. But, but here's the thing. David is identifying the Lord as a shepherd. Now, I get it. I get it. In those times, you know, David wrote this. Um, the whole sheep herding thing, shepherding thing, sheep herding thing was pretty much the way of life, right? Uh, and so when he writes this psalm, he's writing it, you know, in the context which... Uh, that's what he knew, because he was a shepherd, right? He was a shepherd and he knew what it meant. He knew what it meant to be a shepherd. He knew what it meant uh, to be a good shepherd. He knew what it meant, all the details of being a shepherd. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't come from a... Some of you come from a farming community, right? Some of you get this. Some of you. How many of you have ever worked with sheep? How many of you have had a sheep herd or flock or whatever? Okay. Some of you, some of you can resonate with us a little bit more. You can say, "Well, I kind of understand this. I kind of understand what you know what 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 sheep are like." Okay. And so, when it comes to a shepherd, uh, just in in our day and age, I want you to help me out too, because I'm not a shepherd. Okay. Uh, like this, <laughs> uh, a shepherd. Number one, as we as we read Luke, when remember when the angel came and spoke to the shepherds. Uh, we, we realized that a shepherd was like one of the lowliest, humble positions, uh, you know, like professionally, vocationally that you could have. These guys weren't regarded as the, the upper crust of society. They were kind of out doing their thing. They were, uh, you know, there with the sheep. They were just, they weren't considered like uh, the upper echelon of, of, of society or culture. And so, uh, but yet shepherds, uh, they, there are a couple some things about them. Uh, they would they would uh, place their lives in front of the sheep, right? They would put their lives in line for their sheep. That was their livelihood, and so they would do anything to protect their sheep. It wasn't like this thing where I know I lived I lived in Pennsylvania for a while, and they have them here too. But in Pennsylvania, there was uh, where we lived, there was a lot of dairy farms, 
And the more I got to know dairy farming, I'm thinking that is one job I would not want. Okay? There was never a break from it. You had the milk, I mean, the cows had to be milked, right? And it was like day in, day out, what, two or three times a day, just constantly. A shepherd was kind of like that too. There wasn't a time where you can just check out. There wasn't a time where you could just go and, you know, like on the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Remember that, you know, the sheepdog and the, and the, and the one that watched the sheep and the wolf tried to, to get, you remember that cartoon or am I like too old and you guys don't remember that? You know, it'd be like, hi, Ralph, and they'd clock in, you know. Remember that? It was kind of funny. But, but certainly that's not what it, what it was in this time to be a shepherd. There was no clocking in, clocking out. It was like you were with the sheep nonstop, uh, per se, unless you took them, to your, I guess, to your house and had a pen there. But when you would take them out to feed them and you would have to lead them away to places where there was food, you would have to be with them and you'd have to be with them 24-7 and you would guard them. David talked about killing a bear uh, that went and took a sheep, one of his sheep, you know, or his father's sheep, his family's sheep. Uh, he talked about going after one and killing the bear to get to get the sheep back. He talked about killing a lion to get the sheep back. They put their life on the line. We also read, if we would go to John 10, where, and we're not going to go to this just yet, Jacob, but uh, the Good Shepherd, uh, Jesus talks about be, being the Good Shepherd, but He talks about how a hired hand won't put their life on the line. A hired hand, you'd hire someone to watch your sheep, Something would come their way, a wolf or a bear or something like that. The higher hand would be like, adios, I'm out. Right? He's not going to put his life on the line. A shepherd, uh, the one that, that, that owned those sheep, would put his life on the line. Some of you may be familiar with, um, I think, Philip Keller. Remember that? A, um, a shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm, that book, if you've read that. It's a great book. If you have never read that, I would highly suggest you get it and read it. But it's a shepherd who literally, and it's been out for a long time. He's, I don't even think he's living now. But um, it, it, it's a shepherd looking at the, uh, the 23rd Psalm through the lenses um, of that vocation. And in that book, he talks about um, how when he was, I believe, in... Uh, uh, Africa. He was in southern Africa when he uh, was a shepherd. He attended sheep for uh, so many years. And he would often see how other shepherds would treat their sheep. The sheep literally, their lives depended upon the shepherd. Um, and so the shepherd was everything about the sheep. And so uh, the point I'm trying to, 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 I'm trying to give us context here to understand what a shepherd really did because uh, as we read through the Bible, sheep aren't given a very good they're not painted very smart animals, are they? I mean, in the Bible, it talks about sheep not being too smart. Some of you that have raised sheep understand that too. Uh, I've read stories where a sheep, if a wolf came in, a sheep, uh, uh, if there was a wolf attacking a sheep right next to them, uh, some of them will just stand there. They won't even run. And the wolf will just go through and devour. The Bible uses that, that picture for the church. How wolves can come in and do the same thing. We are often classified and considered a sheep at times, and and how critical it is that we guard um, guard ourselves that the wolf doesn't come in and start shredding uh, the sheep, which is which is us. And so the shepherd is 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 is, is a voc- again a vocation. Trying to set the context is a vocation that uh, the sheep literally depends life, life or death depends upon the shepherd. Now. As we look at this throughout the Word of God, Jesus defines Himself as the Good Shepherd, right? Jesus identifies Himself as the Good Shepherd. Over in John 10, we'll uh, go ahead and flip it if you want to. Over in John 10, Jesus goes into 
uh, into length talking about how he is the good shepherd. And this is what David acknowledged. But in this, he says the, in this passage, he says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. It's very interesting that as a shepherd, the sheep will know the voice, the, the voice of that shepherd. They come to know that voice to the point where if a stranger would walk in, a sheep wouldn't listen to that voice. They wouldn't really gravitate towards that particular shepherd because it wasn't their master. It wasn't their owner. It wasn't their shepherd. But the sheep would literally know the voice of their shepherd. Their lives, again, depended upon it. And they understood that. They got, got it that this person would lead them to places where they would eat. They would find rest. All these things. And, and, and what Jesus is saying is, I am that good shepherd. I am the one that you, you're going to recognize my voice. You're going to recognize me. And I'm not the one that's coming in. If you read that whole passage, he talks about the thief coming in at nighttime. He talks about wolves coming in and destroying the sheep. And Jesus is comparing and contrasting and saying, my sheep will know my name. For some of us, that question has been posed many times where we say, where people have said and asked the question, how do I know God's voice? How do I understand God's voice? How do I know when God is speaking to me? Jesus says, if you're mine, you will know my voice. The question kind of comes back to, are we his sheep? Are we part of his flock? Are we part of his, you know, and this, this, this can, can go a couple of ways because we're, once we're His sheep, He is our shepherd. He is always near us. Regardless of what has happened within our lives, regardless of some mistakes that we've made since we may have come to know Him, since we became part of His sheep, part of His flock, He is always near us. He will never leave us. He never abandons us. He comes looking for us as a shepherd. There's times, I know this is going to sound really hideous and some of you have heard this before, but there are times when a shepherd will break the legs of a stubborn sheep to keep the sheep from getting away from safety. And the shepherd will take the sheep and hold him over, hold it over its, his shoulders and carry the sheep and mend the sheep, but it's for its protection. I wonder how many times God uses things within our lives. Again, I don't believe God causes bad things to happen within our lives, but I certainly believe that God uses things to draw His sheep back to Him. I wonder how many times we've been through a devastating event within our life or circumstance, and instead of kind of continuing to look um, externally, we take a minute and a pause and we look internally and say, how is God going to use this? To glorify Himself. How is God going to use this to draw me nearer to Him? Because God will use it. God can use it. And he will use it. It says He will. all things can be used to bring Him glory. And so, um, I don't suggest that God's going to break your legs and things like that. But my point is this. God is always near us. When we stray, it's not like that God has left us. We've gotten away from the flock. We've gotten away from the fold. But God is right there. And as soon as we turn and repent, He is right there as a shepherd to receive us back 
and to and to uh, to give us nourishment, to feed us, to to build us up, to help us to become the person that He has created us to be. And so the question becomes. Um, the question becomes this, do we feel like, sitting here this morning, do you feel like God is near you right now? You know, there's times, seasons of life where we go through where we'll say, man, I just don't feel God. I just don't feel Him. I just don't sense Him being near me. When we look at this passage, and this is where I would invite you to turn your eyes back to the passage once again and to meditate on it and to understand God is my shepherd. Like David said, the Lord, He's the one that's my shepherd. He is the one, that the flock that I belong to. And because of that, He will take care of me. Because of that, He will always be near me. Because of I'm in His flock, He will always, always be next to me and close to me. That's a reality. That's a truth that, ex- that transcends thousands of years from when David wrote that to, to the 21st century that for, for you and I today to say, is do I really believe that God is near me? God is with me, God is for me, and God is near me. He's my shepherd. I'm part of His flock. And I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going, I, I, I know that regardless of what takes place in my life, God is always next to me. As the worship team comes back, we're going to close with a couple more songs, but I just want us to, this week, I would ask that you would just spend some time reflecting on this 23rd Psalm as we go through it in these next few weeks and talk about the different, we're going to see God, we're going to see God in different perspectives as we go through this 23rd Psalm. Again, the first one today is, uh, of the 23rd Psalm is that He's near us. That He is right there with us. That He is that He leads us. That He cares for us. That He loves us. And regardless of if what we've done, He is still there to forgive us. He's still there saying, you're part of my flock. You're part of my flock. And I love you. And I'm going to take care of you. And you're, you're going to, um, I'm going to lead you. And we're going to see different facets of that through the 23rd Psalm. I pray that you, as we've been talking, that you have the spiritual eyes to see that. Because it's not something that we can see from a humanly perspective. We talked about, uh, one of the, one of the, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, if you remember that. And we talked about how Paul, when he talked about the Holy Spirit living inside of us, that the Holy Spirit reveals things to us that is of God. We begin to see God, truly see God through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit living in your life, there's no way you can see God. Paul says these things are going to seem foolish to you because you can't you don't have the means for it to be revealed to you. And he says that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that as the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, He reveals us the thing. He says that who knows the, who knows a person more than the Spirit of that person? And so it comes down to this. Do we truly understand? Do we truly know that God is with us? And the way that we're going to know that God is with us is that we are one of His sheep. That we've accepted His free gift of grace and salvation. That we are in relationship with Him. And that His Spirit sides in us and his spirit reveals us the things of God we know that he is for us because we can see it we're one of him we're one of his 
we're one of His sheep. And we know that He's near us because the Spirit continues to reveal to us that God is our shepherd. Do you believe that? This is one of those simple, kind of simple truths in a sense, you know, where you think, wow. But, but, but it really comes down, do you truly believe it? Because if you truly believe it, it's going to drive it into action. Do I truly believe that God is my shepherd? Have I made that decision to follow Jesus? Have I made that commitment to follow Christ? Have I accepted His free gift of grace and salvation? Because if I have, I truly am part of His flock. And he, I have His Spirit living inside of me. And He's going to reveal these things to me. I pray that you leave here today that, um, that, you, would just, uh, that you would begin to allow the Spirit to answer that question for you. Am I truly part of God's flock? Some of us can say, absolutely, hands down, I'm part of His flock. He's changed me. He's radically changed me. His Spirit has made me into something completely new. I am no longer what I used to be. I am no longer what I used to be. Some of us, we kind of question, it's like, I, I think I am. If you've asked Christ into your life, you are part of His flock. If you haven't, you're not part of His flock. But the one thing I do know is that God is pursuing you if you're not. And God is loving you, inviting you into His family to be a part of this, to give you the gift of His Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you that's going to lead you. He's going to lead you. He's going to keep you nourished, give you rest. He's going to help you to become the person that He's created you to be. So as we close here, uh, as I close here, and we engage in a couple more songs as we close, would you allow the Spirit to just connect with your spirit? Maybe give you some of that affirmation again that says, absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm one of His sheep. Maybe, maybe today's the day you're going to be like, I, I want to be a part of this. I, God's been pursuing me. I know it. I felt it. I keep, I keep sensing it through different events, through different circumstances, through different conversations. I know, it's not ironical. It's God speaking to me. And God wants me to be a part of His family. Maybe today's the day you're going to open yourself up to God and you're going to turn and surrender your heart to God. And with the hands down, you're going to know that you're part of His, His family. He has become your good shepherd. I pray that you would just allow that moment to happen as we close with these next two songs. Would you do that? As I, I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to lead us into a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you would just give us the eyes to see the spiritual things. I pray that you would give us the eyes to truly see you here this morning. To understand that you are right there for us. That you are our shepherd. And Father, if there are those that question that, I pray that they might make that right today. That they might understand and know that, that if they place their faith and trust in you, that they become part of your, of your, of your flock. Never having to worry about having their needs met. But Father, You're going to supply everything that they need. And Father, those of us that have placed our faith and trust in You, may this just be another joyous occasion and celebration where we're coming into Your presence and we're just lifting You up because we're part of Your flock and we're just giving You glory and we're just praising Your name here this morning. But I pray, above all, that Your, your Holy Spirit would have freedom in this room today. I pray that You would just 
uh, descend upon this place and that you would just, Father, people that are struggling with things within their lives, that they might find answers, that they might find a sense of peace, that they might find strength and encouragement. I pray that they would just be changed. Father, for individuals that that uh, have come in here with with questions on their mind that they're just struggling with. Father, just minister to them. You know each person in here. You know what we're, what we're dealing with as we live in this broken world. You know that as we live in this world as humans, we're going to struggle. And you know exactly where we're coming from. And I pray that we would just open our hearts. And this time right now would be a time where all of us would just allow you to minister to us in a very powerful, intimate way. Just be with us as we continue to, to, to give you glory through song here in these closing songs. And may we just, uh, may, may you just be lifted up and exalted as our shepherd. And it's in the name we, your name we pray. Amen.